Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode nine of Our Bumpy Road, a podcast where real people share real stories about their mental health. Um, so this week, we're going to be talking about depression with a very special guest, Elizabeth. Um, Elizabeth, someone I went to post-secondary with, and we definitely knew each other and were friendly, but um, it was really great to just talk to her, and I feel like I know her so much more now, and it was a really amazing experience to record with her. So um, yeah, so without further ado, let's get into it, Elizabeth. Okay, so this is going to be episode number nine, which is crazy. We're almost at double digits. Um, so exciting. This week, this week, we're going to be chatting with um, my friend Elizabeth, who actually went to undergrad with me, um, and she reached out and wanted to be a guest, and I really appreciate it. I like love that you're willing to talk about this, but we're going to kind of take it back to the basics today, and we're just going to have a general conversation kind of about depression and anxiety, because I know, Elizabeth, you've struggled with a lot of that, but I can definitely relate. Um, so yeah, so thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Yeah, definitely. I think something that's important to talk about and something that's so common. So the more people can hear other people talk about it, I think, yeah, it's really important. Yeah, just show that like, we're all going through the same thing, even if, even if we're doing everyday life as we do. So yeah. Um, okay, amazing. So the first thing I like to do is get a little kind of intro to you as a person, um, kind of what you're interested in, your hobbies, your career, whatever you're able to, like, and willing to share. Um, I just want to give the listeners like a little bit of an idea of who you are and um, that you're more than your mental health struggles, because we all are. So yeah, yeah. So I am from Toronto. And I met Meg, like she said, out at East at St. FX, where I currently I'm living I studied nutrition at St. FX and want to become a dietitian so part of that process is doing a 12-month uh, internship so I'm in the middle of my internship right now so working towards becoming a dietitian and I'm really interested in public health especially I'm um, looking at maternal health kind of on a wider scale and working with moms who are lower income or have food insecurity so that's oh. kind of where I want to go I think that that's super important um I grew up a competitive figure skater which I think definitely kind of uh has really shaped who I am uh in terms of I definitely am very nitpicky about things which that's a sport that really causes that I didn't know that you were a really competitive figure skater and I just think it's so funny because I read your story and I was like so much of this I can relate to in my own struggles and I was like as a competitive dancer they're like the same thing. You're just on ice and I'm just on the ground, you yeah, know? No, so literally. And as I say to people and like not disregarding other sports, but kind of once you get down the technique and like, you'll have like, say if you're a runner, like you'll have good race days and bad race days and different things, but skating, you can nail something a million times, but it's so, and I'm sure same with dance. Like there's so many nitpicky things and you have to do it all right. And again, not disregarding other sports but I feel like just with skating and with dance you have to think of so many things and it definitely makes you a perfectionist because there's lots of small rooms for error yeah you literally have to be like aware of every inch of your body like what it's doing yeah like it's insane yeah um and when I'm not busy with school or with internship or anything I love being outside in nature I love going for walks which I think makes me sound like an old grandmother but um, I find it really calming and I love to put on podcasts or listen to music for people that are familiar with Anaganish you know the landing and that's one of my favorite places to go especially uh, kind of later at night I love going out there and watching the sunset and I find that kind of brings a lot of calm and peace to me mm-hmm. um, I also yeah I love to read unfortunately I haven't gotten to read as much as I would have liked lately just because I feel all my reading is school so by the time I finish work it's the last thing I want to do but since finishing undergrad I've been able to pick up books a little more and yeah I also love to travel so really excited for the world to reopen a little more because I'm ready to get back on a plane somewhere yeah and you have a trip planned soon right yes so my dad is from Bermuda and that's where my grandparents still are so obviously with COVID we haven't been able to see them or travel down so I'm going to go visit them, which I'm ecstatic about because this is the longest time in my life that I haven't been down to the island. The last time I was there was spring of 2019. 
And then we're filming this on a Thursday. Tomorrow is Friday and my parents arrive. They're driving out from Toronto to get me and we're going to do a little family road trip for a week kind of through Nova Scotia and back home, which will be really nice for some family time because we really lacked that this last year and a bit. Yeah. Yeah. COVID has made everything so much more complicated, especially family. It's like another thing like Yes, COVID has been horrible everywhere, but Nova Scotia has been like totally locked down. So like if Elizabeth and I wanted to go back to our homes from Nova Scotia when we were there, if we came back, we had to isolate for two weeks, which is like, oh my God, I cannot even describe how hard that is on your mental health. Like just to be locked in a room for two weeks, like, yeah, it's and absurd. Yeah. And but I you had to do that, it, I guess. Yeah, I had to do it. And uh we'll get into this more in the episode but I think that that really contributed to my bump because I've been really fortunate that um every time even it's just been like a four-day weekend I've been able to fly home uh there was in kind of first semester first year I wasn't having a great time for a little bit and so my parents flew me home just a random weekend which was so lovely I surprised my brother and my grandparents were actually up for Bermuda so I got to surprise them so I've always known that I'd be able to go and similar, like if we had to get down to Bermuda, or we had to get to Ottawa to see like my other grandparents, that was always there. And so just knowing and having that um, kind of that invisible, but also very large barrier. And even just going home and seeing my family, I spent last summer out here. And so I went from reading week to Christmas uh, without going home, which was 10 oh months, the longest in my life. I haven't seen my family, haven't been home, ha- didn't see home friends. And I actually lived alone during that period for 83 days. Oh, my which God. was like very. Uh, at the time, I thought I was like, I was like, I'm fine. Like, this is great, whatever. And then in hindsight, I like no clue how I did it. No clue. Yeah, that is a very long time to be like totally alone and not able to like go out in the normal world and interact with people. Exactly. And it's like I'd walk. um to go get my groceries and go do different things and it was it wasn't until June was the first time I'd been in a car since like March because I went with one of my friends to go swim in her pool and it just felt so weird leaving the areas in town that I could just walk to because yeah I lived in such a little corner of the Mm -hmm. world but yeah so definitely grateful for my vaccines and that uh, Nova Scotia has reopened I there were a lot of tears the day that they announced the borders were opening and I think that's when I realized what a weight this was on my shoulders, because uh, I obviously wasn't like sad about it, but it wasn't until it, that uh, weight was lifted that I realized how heavy that's been weighing on me for the last little bit. Yeah, no, that's such a good point. And like, I don't know, I didn't think like, like, I've been going through a bit of a hard time this summer, like it comes in days and stuff, but having my family around has been such a like stabling force. And so I can definitely like, oh, I can't even imagine, like, going through something and being like, oh, no, I cannot see my family. Like, oh. Yeah, and, like, she's fine now. And she's great, but my granny had a fall last summer and uh, <gasps> broke her back. And so she was in the oh hospital. Oh, my God. And that was a bit of kind of, I think, a breaking point for me because I then was also just so sad for her because, like, she was all alone in the hospital because she couldn't have visitors. My grandpa was all alone and, like, he loved something more than to chat with people. So I honestly spent my days, I'd call her when I woke up, but I'd call him, then I'd go back to calling her because I just felt so sad that both of them were alone. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm really lucky, like, I have great supports in Anaconish, which, again, kind of we'll get into. And so one of my advisors, we had a call on Teams and she, like, answered the call and I just saw her face and burst into tears. So oh she was God. like, okay, sweetie, we're going for lunch tomorrow. And like, she took me out for lunch, which was so lovely. Um, but yeah, definitely that just barriers and the things that COVID kind of prevented us from doing, like seeing loved ones and supporting them when they need it, that support the most. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was a lot of cumulative things, uh, kind of like that experience that led to my bump. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely a lot of things this year that were COVID induced for sure. I know, I feel like I'm like, I could edit this all right now and just make a mini COVID episode before a real episode because <laughs> it's just so applicable. And I, I hope people give it the credit that it deserves for the impact that it has had on our lives. Like, I know we're on our way out, but it's still, it's gonna, the effects will be lingering for years, I think. So, yeah, 
for sure. I agree. Um, so now I'm kind of wondering if you can kind of, now that we know a bit about you and then we've had fun COVID and Nova Scotia talk, um, <laughs> I'm kind of wondering if you can provide me like a little bit of your history with mental health, like kind of before your main bump that we're going to get talking about pretty soon. So yeah, whatever you feel yeah. comfortable sharing. So I was trying to think about this today, kind of like a timeline. I honestly couldn't tell you when my anxiety started because it was that long ago I started Mm -hmm. my kind of symptoms of depression started around grade six grade seven um and like it I kept it completely internalized my parents only found out when I was in grade 10 so that was a long time of kind of keeping that to myself and I think my anxiety mainly started in grade five my cousin uh was diagnosed with cancer on her first birthday and I think as how old are you then like 11 yeah Yeah, 11 I would just like I was so worried all the time because we didn't know what was going to happen there were so many things up in the air and that was also kind of a time in your life where I feel like you are growing and developing a lot that Mm -hmm. I was so worried with that that then I kind of became a little paranoid in all aspects of my life Um, so yeah, I think it was around then that I started definitely getting pretty anxious and then, yeah, the depression kind of followed. And like I said, I kept it pretty internalized. Um, and it wasn't in grade till grade 10, like my parents found out and that's when I started kind of getting help for it Mm -hmm. and definitely got a little better. Well, a lot better. (laughs) Um, and then kind of a little dip again in first year, just because I found the adjustment to be so hard. I didn't think it was going to be hard because I it was something I'd always been so excited for. But like I went to a school that was grades one to 12. I was there since grade three. All my friends were people I'd grown up with and just coming to a new province where I knew no one. Mm-hmm. And just like it, I found that really difficult. Um, and then, yeah, honestly, the rest of my university experience was great. I always laugh and say to sum up how bad first year was. Second year, I got my fourth concussion, had to withdraw from a semester, but I still had a better year than I did in first year. Oh, my God. So definitely uh, things went uphill. And then, yeah, this year I fell into a really bad depressive episode in the winter, which is my bump that we'll talk about today. Mm-hmm. which I think had definitely been snowballing um, probably since COVID started, honestly. And I just kind of, I didn't really recognize the signs or realize what was going on until it got to a point where everything kind of imploded. Um, mm-hmm. And then I'm, yeah, happy to say that I honestly am living my best life now. I was laughing. I was saying to one of my profs that I'm honestly thriving. <laughs> she says that makes her heart very happy because she's been watching this whole journey but yeah it's uh so I'll say that now because then we'll get into it but to kind of tell people the sun does come out again and it's not an easy thing but uh especially but I think do you think when you experience the lowest of the lows you appreciate the highest of the highs Mm -hmm. and I definitely don't take it for granted and I'm grateful for it and I feel like I appreciate my happiness more Mm -hmm. um and yeah yeah no that's amazing Okay, now we can get kind of into your bump. So I know that you had, we kind of talked about it a little bit, um, uh, a really bad depressive episode um, this winter, kind of linked to COVID and stuff like that. So um, share whatever you're comfortable with. And thank you so much for being on here. Yeah, so um, last summer, like I said, now I'm in my internship. I was supposed to start last summer. So the plan was to start. It was delayed, but we thought there might be a chance of starting it. So I stayed out here and I started working on my research for my honors thesis. And so that was kind of my summer was I was home alone, but I leave for the day. I had an office in the nutrition building. I yeah, kind of work all day, go home, empty house. But I was like, this is fine. I cook dinner. I'd watch TV. I'd go for my sunset walk. It was fine. And then my roommate slowly came back and the fall semester started. And because of my concussion and I missed a semester, I had to do, I just had one extra course 
and then my thesis for this year. So Mm -hmm. the lowest course load I've ever had, I was just in one of my favorite nutrition classes I've ever had. I was in maternal and writing my thesis. But even though I only had those two things, I got in this really obsessive cycle of work. And I've always been someone who really cares about my marks, cares about how I do. Um, I was thinking about this earlier, Megan, I said, I'd say you were one of the people I most frequently saw at the library. Like, I feel like we were always there. And then I'd see you later at the end. Which I, I literally sometimes... lived at the library. Like, yeah, but that's I like, spend all my time. And like, I go and see friends and do stuff. But definitely, I was like, okay, I need to do well. And definitely in a bit of an obsessive pattern. And then, but nothing like this, it got to a point where I was waking up and sat at my desk at 5am and like would not leave until 8pm and I don't even know how I was filling my time but yeah just, I was like, gonna say how can you work that long straight like, oh my god I and I don't know but I got in this obsessive cycle and then saying this sounds completely ridiculous because it's not true at all but I had this like weird mindset where I was like my roommates couldn't see me taking a break like I wasn't able to take a break I had to work constantly like I had to prove myself mm-hmm. um my roommate Paige goes, I literally judge you more for not taking a break. Because she's all like, yeah, like, let's take a break. Let's not take everything so seriously. And like a really healthy way, like she was also writing her thesis, but also like, okay, let's take a break. Let's have some fun. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, I just got into this really unhealthy cycle. And then in November, we had the week before we did our presentations for our honors proposal we did a practice in front of just the other nutrition honor students. Mm-hmm. And I have never, and like no stakes, no pressure, but I was up there. I was shaking. I threw up in the middle of it because I was <gasps> so anxious. It was so bad. Um, I left. I like saw my whole way home. And then it wasn't until, yeah, like Paige got home and she walked into my room and I had like the worst, I've only had two panic attacks in my life. And that was one of them. I, it took me like 10 minutes to stop breathing. I couldn't feel my hands or my feet because like I didn't have any oxygen in me. And like uh, my roommate Paige sat on one side, my roommate Maddie sat on the other side trying to calm me down. Um, and kind of once I was like breathing normally and stuff, um, Maddie said, I think this is a sign that you should go home because we only had a few weeks left in the semester. Mm-hmm. And so I went the next day, I had uh, coffee with one of my friends. And I don't even remember making the choice to go to our nutrition building, but I ended up in one of my profs, like my feet just took me there. Wow. And my prof for my maternal course, because that was the only reason I still had to be there really after um, I presented my proposal was to write her exam, which was already online, like it was online, we just wrote it in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And I explained it all to her, I had a little bit of a mental breakdown. And she was like, okay, yes, like you need to go home. And so I wanted to stay out until the end of classes because I just, like I needed that for me. It was going to be my last class of undergrad. I wanted to be there in person. So Mm -hmm. I stayed and then I flew home about a week and a half early, which was really nice because I got extra time at home, which I hadn't been home, like I said, for 10 months. And so that was the best month. I literally just hung out. I relaxed didn't really do anything and then came back had two weeks of isolation was feeling better but still I think going home was a little bit of like if you break your arm putting a band-aid on it's not going to really do anything and I think going home was a little bit of a band-aid that's Um, such a good analogy wow yeah like I it was kind of just like that so I um came back I started internship I've wanted to be a dietitian since grade nine internships are really competitive so the fact I got this was such a huge thing and like was so excited and yet I couldn't have wanted to do it less like I was so disinterested I cried every day walking to campus because I didn't want to be there um and then again I was still working on my thesis so I would show up early to campus I had gone a bit more of a healthy mindset on breaks but I still I arrived early before the two other interns I was working with to work on my thesis and then have our internship day, and then stay after they went home to keep working, and then I'd go home and keep working, and so it still wasn't a very healthy schedule, and about three weeks in, I um, was going to go to Halifax with 
uh, page to see some of our St. FX friends. And I had plans with one of my best friends from home, had been looking forward to this because we had planned it right when we got back. And I got into bed. I had typed out a text to my friend Lily, kind of explaining, sorry, not feeling well. Um, I'm not going to go. And Paige was like, you're being ridiculous. <laughs> Get out of bed. Um, so I went down, had a fun weekend, and then showed up for internship on the Tuesday because Monday was a snow day. And our internship coordinator, who's one of my professors, who I know really well, walked by my office. And she goes, how are you this morning? And I just replied with, fine. And she like knew something was off and she came in, closed the door. And I honestly blacked out during this conversation. So I can't even remember what she started to say, but basically said, I think we need to pause internship. And I had a bit of a breakdown. She mm -hmm. left, had a bit of another breakdown, went back to her office, another breakdown, then went home and called my parents and was like, I need to withdraw from the program right now. And then that was the start of February and I basically lived in bed until the end of March um oh my god and yeah I'm so definitely not a great time but like I said I'm doing a lot better and yeah I think that it was a snowballing effect of the pressures of COVID um this like ridiculous and unhealthy stress I put on myself with my thesis being away from my family, uh, we had um, a really upsetting family tragedy happen actually the day before I flew home in December. So going home early was the uh, right call. Mm -hmm. And then I also have ADHD. And oh, join the I, club, sister. Yep. <laughs> and I changed my medication because I realized that the medication I'd been on since grade 12 made me really agitated. And then I was like, okay, if I'm going to be grumpy and agitated all the time, like it's not worth the payoff because I'm done kind of for part of my life where I'm striving for grades, et cetera. And mm -hmm. so I started a new medication and two days after I started it was that Friday when I couldn't get out of bed and when everything went downhill. So we stopped that very quickly. So wow. I think that was also, I wasn't already a hundred percent, but that definitely caused me to go from zero to a hundred really fast. I've definitely gone through those phases too, where it's like, you just go, you do the work, like you go through the motions and like you work yourself so hard because you put so much pressure on yourself. And then it's just like, what am I even doing? And yeah. I don't feel good, you know? Yeah. And it's like, that was the biggest lesson out of this year for me was the importance of taking breaks. And mm -hmm. I had so many adults in my life kind of really emphasizing the importance of taking breaks for me and I think I have a healthier outlook on it now that I'm not in school and I'm in an internship and my hours are kind of set because I know this is the amount of hours per week I'm supposed to be doing stuff it's also dietetic interns are unpaid so they're also really strict their hours so we're not overworking ourselves since we're not being paid for what we're doing it's like schoolwork. um but since I'm not trying to strive and get like that a on everything I feel like I'm kind of yeah like my schedule's more flexible but I just wish I had known the importance of breaks and how it actually makes you do better mm -hmm. kind of at the start of university so it's interesting that you're like saying all of this because I'm not kidding I literally had a therapy session last week where I was talking to my therapist and I was like I'm just doing so much like every minute of my day is like taken up by something and she was like have I ever used the computer analogy on you and I was like no what and so she said she's like what would happen to your computer if you were on it like when you were when you woke up to when you went to bed what would happen to it in a week like constantly I was like well it would shut down like it would obviously break and she's like mm -hmm. yeah that's exactly what would happen to you mentally if you continue doing what you're doing because God, I love that yeah because like we are humans too like our brains need those moments to just take time and not think about anything else and just like shut down for a couple minutes like that's really good yeah, yeah. my other favorite analogy is um so and my family's big peloton family and so I got home and I was on the peloton like my first day at home and I feel like this was a sign from the universe I did a class with my favorite instructor and she was talking about, like, thank you for taking time for you today. Like, even if you're just doing 20 minutes, like, 
that's amazing you carved out this time and she said remember you can't pour from the glass if the glass is empty and I like to use that as a little analogy in my head and kind of check in and say how full is your glass like do we need to stop and kind of refill uh because oh it's my so God, true I like, love that you can't and it not even you giving stuff to school but you can't be a good like person to other people that might need you like you can't give to others if you're empty and I you can't give to schoolwork or job if you're empty and the things you care about yeah exactly so uh I think that's a really good reminder to kind of like a little mental check-in with yourself every day and say how full is my glass and what can I do to fill it up because again a break might not be having a nap or lying and watching tv a break might be going for a run going for a walk going spending quality time with a loved one like it looks different for everyone but I think just figuring out what you need to do to fill your glass and take Mm -hmm. that break is so so important yeah no that that is I'm going to use that I find it very interesting that you have you talk about um your experience with like not wanting to leave your bed or not wanting to leave your room and I have a bazillion percent been there And I feel like it's something that's really difficult to explain to other people because if you haven't been there, it's like, why the hell can't you just get out of your bed? Like, tell your body to do what your body needs to do. Um, Exactly. So I'm kind of wondering, like, if you were to explain the feeling, I know it's probably a hard question, but if you were to explain kind of like the process around that, how would you explain it to someone that has never been there? Yeah. So I'll start off by saying that um, this was a novel feeling for me um I've definitely while I've kind of had these feelings for a long time I've always been very high functioning and I think part of that was just my life couldn't stop end of story mm-hmm. and so I was very high functioning could get out of bed could, could move around but the difference was is like some of the thoughts and the feelings I had um kind of internally which like I didn't have this episode which was like a blessing I always knew I was like life is good, you want to be here, etc. But then I just like, could not move could not get out of my bed. Um, which was so different for me. And I think also was what kind of caused this to be so hard was strategies I've had in the past just didn't work here, because I couldn't just make myself get up and go for a walk because I couldn't get out of bed. And so I think I'd explain it as like, I just felt numb. Yes, Uh, I didn't. That's how I try to explain it to people. I'm literally like, I feel numb. Like I like can't. Yeah. People are like, what? But that's so accurate. Yep. Felt numb. Couldn't feel emotion. It was actually a really exciting day. (laughs) Sounds kind of crazy. But the first time I cried, I was really happy because I felt an emotion. And people kind of think if you're depressed or you're sad, like you just lie in bed and cry all day. I did not shed a single tear. I had no tears in me. And so when I yeah, the first time I cried, I was like, Oh, my goodness, I'm getting better because I'm feeling an emotion. And so yeah, kind of just felt numb, just felt unmotivated. You just like don't all. give a fuck about anything. Yeah, like, like, you, you don't. Like, why and would I get out of bed? I could stay exactly, here. exactly. And I was really lucky because my two roommates, Maddie and Paige, like Paige was also super busy. And so she was super supportive. And we're like, check in a lot. But she was on campus all day working and like that was fine and so she was kind of more of the emotional support but then our roommate Maddie would mm-hmm. kind of walk by every day and be like walk 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 and then finally by 4 p.m would walk in and be like Lizzie leggings on we're going for a walk and she'd march me around town we'd do like a five minute lap and then I'd be allowed to go back and get into my bed and sometimes she'd be like this is a special at Holland Small today like we're going or Mia said Holland Small we're gonna go see her different things and so that's kind of how um I'd say even though I did not want to and even though I was very unhappy I got out of bed which I'm so grateful for and part of the reason why my parents let me stay out east was I had a really good support system and because she was like Maddie's not going to let you shrivel shrivel up and like not move or anything so yeah so that and I think it's also hard because if you start your day off not feeling good and in bed then you're just not going to get up the rest of the day because you also get this feeling of like well I've already wasted the day what's the point mm-hmm. and with no appetite and staying in bed I had no energy because I also had no like, food wasn't eating exactly and so didn't have any like 
energy in my muscles and like in my cells to get me moving so it's kind of this like vicious cycle of you're sad and you like want to hide and then you get numb and then you're not eating so then you just stay and then you get kind of comfortable and used to being there Mm -hmm. um and then yeah you don't leave so it is a really weird feeling it's really hard to describe and even as someone who had had kind of experience with pretty bad mental health I still never felt and really understood what that was like until now yeah yeah no I think I think you explained that so well I mean I know probably everyone else's experiences are different and that's totally okay but like also the not eating thing I've found has been like such a when I noticed that I'm like oh shit Meg like you gotta get your shit together yeah if you want a tip and also for anyone else out there who might experience the same thing um so I just in general I love smoothies I have one every day they're my favorite thing especially Mm -hmm. I'm not super hungry in the morning and I find getting liquid is down and then I'll like have kind of breakfast number two because breakfast Mm -hmm. is important kids that's your nutrition tip of the episode but uh (laughs) I we had kind of I called them like my emergency popsicles and Paige had these really good smoothie popsicles she got at Sobeys and we kept them in the freezer if I was ever having like a bad day she'd say want a popsicle and kind of bring it to me and um by eating that and just getting something in me I found then it would kind of trigger hunger Mm -hmm. but you don't have to prep anything they just sit there they don't take up much space in the freezer yeah exactly so something I definitely recommend kind of and like since in the freezer they don't go bad so I always like to have kind of an emergency stash of popsicles and especially those smoothie ones because they do have a little more energy in them than just like a normal one Another thing I've been just like getting out of this conversation is, and I kind of touched on this last week, but um, the importance of being that friend, like I know people maybe that listen to this podcast, like don't necessarily have their own mental health struggles, but like being that person that just like walks by your room a bunch of times and is like, okay, we need to get you out. That is so monumental in your life. And like, I don't know if necessarily yeah. those people recognize it, but they should because it is like you're lucky to be surrounded by the people you are. So exactly. And I think that for people listening, especially those who might be support people, obviously it's someone you don't know super well or you see people post. It's always great to show your support and like I'm here if you need to talk, I'm here if you need anything. But um often I find there's like and especially kind of the anxiety like pulls on and there's a lot of feelings of not wanting to be a burden not wanting to have to ask people and so it's a lot of and that's also part of the like staying in bed is you kind of just want to shrivel away and like not bring down the mood or not really ask things to people because you feel like you can't really do much yourself like you don't feel very confident and I think it's great to have um, people around who like offer their support but it's those people who actively demonstrate it and so Mm -hmm. for example Paige and I would talk about things more and like Maddie and I wouldn't really talk about things but she made sure I got out of bed she made sure I ate food and I never had to really ask for any of that support it just came naturally and I think that that's the biggest thing is especially if it's siblings or roommates or people you're really close to that you have that ability to have that power um to kind of like gently be like okay we're gonna do this today or go sit with them or make them a smoothie make them a meal um and that also makes a big difference because I find it's not just the act of they're doing things to like help you in the moment but it also kind of reassures that this person wants to support you they want to see you do well they want you to be happy like they're actively caring and thinking about you and it's not like you're you ask someone to do something then you're worrying like oh like I'm on my burden do they have time for this do they want to do this And so I think it's, yeah, that's like really key is kind of showing active support to someone who's going through this. And so, yeah, just that I think is one of my biggest messages is if you have someone in your life struggling and you're in that close proximity to them, um, of course, it's like great to say that if they ever need to talk or anything, you're here. But also a lot of the time, there is nothing to talk about, like the feeling not wanting to leave your bed. Like I Mm -hmm. had nothing to talk about. There was nothing that I could actively think of. It's like, oh, this is bringing me down. It's like, I'm just really, really sad. And you can't, there's nothing you can really talk about. So it's, um, yeah, just demonstrating your support is so key. And I feel like I'm a broken record right now, but I just really want to emphasize that. No, I think it's so important to emphasize. And like, 
that late the support system that you had in the nutrition program like gold star to that lady I would love to like shake her hand and be like you are an MVP because people just sometimes I don't think realize the impact their actions have and it can be so significant especially when someone's going through a hard time like you were so oh it is and like even I just got an email from one of the other profs in the department um following up on a conversation that we had on the weekend because I saw her um at my placement and she ended it with your energy and excitement was a joy after this long year which again just that's also makes me really happy is like the people are recognizing that they uh, see a different version of me but it's again it's all because kind of they really took the time to prioritize my mental health and also recognize that there's flexibility in school and flexibility in internships and in extra programs and that mental health comes first and I think that the entire nutrition uh, department deserves a gold star because they let me, I got an extension on my thesis. I got an extension on my final thesis defense, um, like so much support. And I definitely could not have done that without them. So St. FX nutrition department, you guys rock. Oh my God. See, I love St. FX. Um, yeah. So that transitions us really well into like my next question. And again, I'm going to sound like a broken record too, but Uh, I feel like we're very similar. So um, how do you think being a positive person um, and having depression can kind of go hand in hand? Because that was honestly something I didn't, like I've always considered myself a positive person. And I was like, oh, why am I depressed too? But then when you brought that up in your email, I was like, oh my God, this makes so much sense. So please elaborate on this. Um, Yeah, and I think it's funny. I also want to touch on like, there's positivity and there's toxic positivity and I think that it's okay to recognize sadness and recognize if like something crappy is going on in your life and to like feel that and obviously um I wasn't lying in my bed being like this is fabulous like what <laughs> I love my life <laughs> exactly and kind of it's hard sometimes to like find that gratitude but one thing I did with one of my friends who was another saint of x friend is um kind of I I was talking to her one day and kind of what was going on came up and so she asked me what were some good things that happened that day and like she's like they can be super super small and so I was like I got out of bed before noon and the sun was shining and I think that day I'd gone to tall and small and had a really good slice of chocolate cake so it's like I had chocolate cake um and like later you're talking that was kind of she's like that was my whole goal was just to see if I could get those few pieces of like gratitude out of you and we started doing that so now kind of every night we're like how was your day what were your good things and I think that even though I had kind of these numb feelings and was going through this is I still try to find little things to be grateful for because I think that was a really key reminder especially since I was pretty consciously thinking which was frustrating I was like because I knew life was good and life was great and I knew the sun would come out but then at that moment I just like couldn't feel like it would which was like a whole weird contradiction but I found that um yeah like finding that gratitude really helped and I think that that is the strength of kind of looking on the half or the glass half full side of things was even Mm -hmm. though going through this like that was something I could lean on and try and pick out the positives um of my day and even if yeah as much like Paige would text me in the morning and say like it's the sun is shining it's gonna be a great day um and even if I didn't have a great day I could at least appreciate the sun is shining aspect mm-hmm. um so yeah and I think that and again with the positivity is um kind of when you go through something like that you really appreciate the good things and I find that I definitely when I'm yeah feeling the highs and having a summer like I'm having now uh I'm really trying to live in that moment in that positivity to carry me through like let's hope never again but if I do have another like little bump um kind of to remember that positivity and like leave myself little notes that are positive yeah and it's important to like be honest with yourself about what you're feeling because just like we talked about that you can feel numb all the time you can also try to hide your numbness by pretending to be positive all the time and in reality it's impossible for all of us to be positive all the time exactly and so yeah it's a-okay like uh one of my friends said when she left Nova Scotia she was like I'm a 
I'm going to blast my sad playlist and feel the emotions because I love this province and I don't want to leave. And Mm -hmm. she's a positive person, but she's like, it's okay that I can both share that love and those positive feelings with this province. But today I'm going to let myself feel the feels because I'm not ready to leave. And I think that's a good example. And then you can start the next day and be like, I love Nova Scotia. I'm grateful for where I am now and what I'm doing, but you can feel that sadness and there's nothing wrong with feeling sadness. Mm -hmm. So my next question for you is um, why do you think it's so hard for people to be open about their mental health? Um, Well, I can definitely say I've become more open like in recent years. Like I said, I didn't admit to my parents who obviously want the best for me and want to support me and want to love me um, that like I was feeling these things and I still don't even know why I was like so hesitant to say anything and I'm not sure if it was kind of by the time like I had felt these things for so long and I just thought it was normal and I was like maybe this is just how I'm supposed to live answer it's not but sometimes (laughs) it just like you get into it and I think also like yeah there's still that stigma and also it is difficult to talk about because often you have to become very vulnerable to talk about it like if you're feeling anxious you have to really get into okay what's making you anxious why and talk about things that maybe you're feeling self-conscious about or if say a situation made you upset and you have to explain to someone and you might wonder if they might think xyz about you and sometimes I find it's not even the mental illness itself it's that vulnerability aspect of really having to um, kind of explain yourself on more than just a surface level, which I think a lot of times in society now, like we live in that, how are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Keep walking by. Um, Mm -hmm. And people don't really stop and really like, how are you actually? So I feel like that plays a big role. And I also think, yeah, we're still kind of evolving into a place where people are recognizing that mental health equals physical health and luckily we are but um there still is that stigma and I think people are worried that they're going to be judged or oh like I know um kind of one thing for me like I feel more comfortable talking about my depression than my ADHD and I'm now more comfortable talking about it but that's done from a place of like I am very intelligent I do do well in school but I thought that because the people often have certain assumptions like they just assume since they had ADHD like I'm dumb and kind Mm -hmm. of like I pride myself on like doing well and different things so I feel like yeah people just have these uh, preconceived notions in their head of what people might think about them or Mm -hmm. also if you're in like a workplace and you might be worried oh if like people find out you're depressed like you might not be able to work at your capacity or might not like be able to do the same thing that someone else can do because it's not like you know but it's not true so I I feel like those things combined but we are I love that society is really shifting to a better place and speaking about things more and recognizing them and mental health first aid is now becoming just as common as taking like CPR and like standard first aid Mm -hmm. um which I really love yeah well I was just gonna say that uh when I when I first released this podcast, my biggest anxiety was that I'm going to apply for a job. Someone's going to Google my name and they'll be able to listen to this whole podcast where I'm like talking about my own mental health struggles along with other people's. And so I was freaking out about it for a while. And I was talking to my sister and she goes like, Meg, do you want to work somewhere that would hear your podcast and what you're doing and be like, mm, no, not the person for me. True. You have to like. Yes, it's uncomfortable, but if it's something that's important, you know. Exactly. And I think, yeah, you don't want to work in an environment that doesn't value it because also say you need to do stuff like take a second off or you need to kind of realize, okay, I have a little bit too much on my plate right now. I might need to like take something off. And if you're in an environment that doesn't support that, then obviously you're not going to be able to thrive mentally. And so... Yeah, I completely agree with your sister. Wow, she's so wise. I know she's younger than us, but she I listened to her episode and was like, wow, this girl has it figured out. Oh, she's literally like, 
I would consider her a grandma that I call for like life advice. It's insane. She's amazing. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very fortunate to have someone as lovely as her supporting me throughout all my mental health struggles. And also I know like even being the person she is, she's had her own. So it's really mm-hmm. amazing that she's so like open and great yeah. about it and so supportive. Anyway, I'm very yeah. fortunate. I'm uh, definitely, oh, I f- I'm definitely a per- people pleaser. So I loved her episode so much. Oh, I know. I listened to it and I was like, oh God, Megan, this is you. You need to listen <laughs> to your sister because she's so right. Okay. So now it's officially positive takeaway time, which is my favorite yes. part of the episode. And I know you have a lot and actually one of yours I've implemented into my life after you emailed me so I'll oh. touch on that more later but um so yeah I share love. your positive takeaways from this whole experience so yeah definitely finding joy in the small things um remember all the way to the very beginning I mentioned how I love going for walks because I'm internally a grandma and I love going to this place in Anaganish called the landing and watching the sunset there I'm convinced that's what got me through my 82 days alone was every night I went, I watched the sunset. My camera roll is just filled with photos from those sunsets. And I've always loved them. I went to overnight camp when I was little um, and like would literally tear up watching the sunset because I was like, it's just so perfect. And so I think that really sums me up in the sense that my biggest joys come from those really small things. Mm -hmm. and like my friend who we did the little things it could be as much as I woke up without an alarm and like you know but I'm like that's a great thing that happened today and I think yeah some days are gonna have more little joys than others but I think that kind of recognizing those little joys keeping track of those little joys so if you have a bad day you can remember I have a whole album on my computer of just sunset photos from cottages from in Toronto from around Anaganish from camp in the summer from Bermuda when I'm visiting my grandparents because we have beautiful ones there and just if I'm having a bad day I'll look at a couple of sunsets and remember kind of the calm and the peace I felt in that moment and for some people it might be dogs for some people it might be cups of coffee whatever is your thing or your little joy I think kind of finding a way that not only appreciate in the moment but somehow tracking it so that in a not so great day, um, you can kind of remind yourself of, oh, look at this joy and look at the beautiful things that life has to offer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay, so your next one is the one that I've started doing in my life because I'm obsessed with sticky notes. Um, but can you share a little bit about your sticky note reminder system? Yeah, so uh, in the winter I was seeing one of the therapists on campus and one of the things that he had me do was write myself little sticky notes and he talked about this was kind of as I was transitioning to getting out of being in bed all the time and he said okay so what are things that make you feel better and if I go for a walk first thing in the morning as hard as it is like that made me have a better day and so he's like great spread on a sticky note go for a walk um then he goes what else and I was like brushing my teeth because it sounds so silly but to brush my teeth I have to get her to bed I have to walk to the washroom so I'm out I brush my teeth I feel cleaner I feel better he goes great put on a sticky note and then like my third one was eat a meal eating a meal makes me feel better it could just be a smoothie but putting something in my body he's like great write on a sticky note so above my desk I have these three sticky notes and it said eat a meal slash snack brush your teeth go for a walk And when I was lying in bed, I could look over at my desk and see those reminders of things that I know make me feel better. So that when I'm having that numb feeling, when I don't want to get out of bed, I can see those things and say, try and do one, try and do three, maybe even do all three and see how you feel. Because those were things that for me had proven to feel better. And that was like a game changer because it wasn't just like, me waiting for someone to come take me for a walk or do this it was things that had proven themselves to work for me and hey if they didn't work one day then that could try again the next day but every single day that I got up and did those things I had a better day than if I didn't do them I saw a thing one time it was on Instagram and I had saved it and it came in really helpful for this winter And it was like, if you don't get out of bed till 8 p.m., you still got out of bed today. 
you don't shower till late, you still had a shower. And there was one day um, I got out of bed at 8.30 p.m. I had a shower around nine and then I ate some food. And hey, I did it really late in the day, but I still got out of bed. I got on a change of clothes, had a shower, ate some food, went to bed and I felt better the next day. And I think that's also important to remind yourself is if you're going through something like this, like it doesn't have to be perfect and it doesn't have to be on a traditional timeline. If you get out of bed, when everyone else is kind of winding down for the night, you're still getting out of bed. And so that is amazing and a step in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. It's better late than never. You got to exactly. tell yourself that every day. So exactly. Oh my God. So yeah, sticky notes love. Amazing, Elizabeth. This has been like, <laughs> this has been such a great episode. And I feel like I should pay you for therapy right now. But <laughs> um, like, thank you so much for coming on and sharing. And thank you for being so open and for sharing such great insight. Like so many of these things I just want to work into my life so thank you so much um any last words for the episode I think kind of going literally to the most basic thing and if you're struggling with this know that you are very much not alone um although it might not seem like it in the moment things will and can get better and so it's important to reach out um and I saw a thing one time and it's like a person would rather spend 20 minutes talking to you than like two hours at your funeral and I think that's or like two hours talking to you but like whatever it is and I think just remembering that um reach out and there's support and to reach out to mental health resources so like jack.org is a really great resource CAMH so the Center for Addictions and Mental Health is a really great resource um each province and each country has different things so look out there's lots of anonymous phone numbers that you can call Mm -hmm. um so even if you don't feel like something or going to talk to someone kind of in your life like there are people around and there are options so just remember that and uh write some sticky notes because they really help (laughs) yeah no I love that and yeah that's such a great way to synopsize it all I don't know if I said that word right but um like there are that's something I try to tell myself when I'm like this is so shitty it's like there are people out there that want to help you. Like there are so many people out there that want to help you. You just have to make that step. So exactly. Talk to your doctor, figure out what works for you. I'm not a healthcare professional, but just, yeah, know that there's options out there and you're not alone. Yeah. And everyone's different. So you got to figure exactly. out what works for you. And the only person that can figure that out is a healthcare professional. So exactly. again, we say go see them because they're amazing. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you so much, Elizabeth. This has been so amazing, and you've been an amazing guest. So, wow, that was amazing. Um, thank you so much, Elizabeth, for being on again. Um, it just means so much. Um, also, a reminder to our listeners, Elizabeth and I are not mental health professionals. We're just speaking from our own experiences, and hopefully you guys can take some positive things out of this. But um, if you do feel like you need mental health help, um, reach out to a mental health professional. There's a lot of great resources. I know Elizabeth mentioned some of them in the episode. Um, So yeah, you're not alone. There are people out there that want to help you. And one final reminder to follow, rate, subscribe, all that jazz. Send me an email if you want to be a guest, rbumpyroad, email at gmail.com. And our Instagram is at r.bumpy.road. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much for listening and keep on trucking, guys.